You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on Public Radio, KUNV 91.5. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll brainstorm this later. We'll edit it later for now. <laughs> Welcome to Leadership Lingo. My name is Matteo Portelli. Matteo Portelli. Today, we'll be hearing from a few folks and their experiences as leaders and find out the best principles and practices that make our community a better place. Welcome to Leadership Lingo. What's going on, folks? Welcome to Leadership Lingo. We've got here Hoffman Madzu in the studio. He is an assistant tax manager for H&R Block here in Las Vegas. He's also the president of the Colored Business Association at the Lee Business School here on campus. I've known I've known Hoffman for about two years now. Brother, how are you? Uh, I'm great, man. I haven't seen you in a long, 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 <laughs> long, long, long time. Um, it's great to see that you're healthy, you're living happy, and you seem to be having a lot of fun. I appreciate that. Well, not doing you know, God gets the glory, but I mean, this is why leadership lingo brings people together, man. <laughs> right, it has to. Well, man, I mean, you've got you've got a fascinating resume. Really weird titles for for a student, to be honest with you. Um, mainly like a tax manager. Why don't you tell us what you do? Like, what's your day to day look like when you're both a assistant tax manager and also president of, of an RSO? So, you know, a typical day to day, Monday, Wednesday. Fridays, Saturday, Sunday, I'm focusing on my employees and kind of the team dynamics that's going on within my office. So really trying to see, you know, are we getting everything that needs to be done for our clients? Are we treating our clients the right way? Because outside of just the internal, oh, taxes must be done, it's also how are you treating your clients? Because it's customer service. When I go Tuesday and Thursday, that's when I'm focused on school, but also focusing on my craft, which is being the president of an RSO, especially in the lead business, uh, which is really helping push diversity through and through within the community, especially in the corporate community. There's many, 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 many corporations that are out there currently that says, hey, we want diversity. Well, you know, who better than UNLV? We're the number one diverse school in, in I believe, the nation still, right? We have a 33% Hispanic and Latino ratio. And so the question comes down to me, right? If and then that's the case, and if and then that's true, why it shouldn't have this been built long ago? And when I went to New York and I interned for J.P. Morgan Chase, I came back and I had that idea and I said, I'm going to execute. And when I execute, I'm going to bring companies that people want to see. So, of course, I had to bring J.P. Morgan because that's kind of like my, my, my family-ish, you can say. Um, I brought... A couple of the big four accounting companies, they're not focused just on accounting this time, but they're focusing on consulting. They're focusing on their diversity programs. Um, I brought an investment bank known as UBS. They're focusing on, once again, not just investment banking, but the fields within investment bank to give students that are first gen minority that ability to feel comfortable in these fields, because that's what it's about, right? How can we truly have equity if it's not truly equitable for everyone? So doing this, this was just me thinking of like, this is going to help everyone out. And let's just go, we're, we're going to see what happens. What are the outcomes? I, I looked at, of course, the negatives and side effects. Outcomes will be outcomes and side effects will be side effects. So there's no, I'm not too mad at wh- how far we're going. I think we're going in a great pace currently right now. That's a great attitude to have, man. Yeah. What, uh, let me ask you, how long have you, I guess two questions, how long have you been an assistant tax manager or, or just with H&R Block? And then how long have you been a uh, president of the CBA? So CBA last semester and 2022 of fall and then H&R Block last semester as well. Nice, man. So both of them started almost at the same time. I started CBA the moment I came back. 
um, H&R Block, I started that job in September um, of 2022. Uh, when I got the job, the first thing they told me is they were like, oh, you're going to be the youngest assistant tax manager ever in like the Nevada County. And are you excited? I was like, um, I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I look at is I always think of, you know, what are what does a great leader do? And I'm a very big, huge, huge, huge fan of the book Art of War by Sun Tzu. Mm-hmm. And he always gives the greatest advice, which is before you go into a new battlefield, try to learn the battlefield. So I looked at the stats. I looked at where our office ranked. And so I said, and me, instead of me trying to micromanage these people, I'm going to try to first understand these people because a great leader understands his team before he tries to put in policies. Once I started understanding my team, that's when I started understanding what works and what doesn't work. Currently right now, out of the Nevada branch, um, we have 22 in total. Our team is currently ranked number three. Last year, we ranked number three. So we're still on pace, and we're on pace to finish second this year. Um, Of course, I'm happy for that, but I'm still looking at, you know, what can still be improved, which is, am I understanding what it is they want? And then at the same time, am I understanding that I work for them? Right. I think one of the worst things I've seen myself is when I was an intern once and I got to see bad managerial from a certain firm. I won't say the name, but I didn't like the way it was done. And so one thing I looked at is if I was ever manager, I wouldn't do that. Micromanaging isn't the way it's I learned the hard way, which was you have to you have to understand you are working for them, not the other way around. That, yes, of course, if their numbers are great, you look good. That is true. But you are still working for them. You're the one that's scheduling. You're the one that's talking to the client. You're the one that's closing some returns. You're the one that's talking to so-and-so and so-and-so. And so it's those things that really make, I personally would think, make me a decent leader for my age. And, you know, I'm soon going to turn 22. So finally, I can finally say uh, I, have a, I have a huge love for the song by Taylor Swift, 22. Uh-huh. So when I turn 22... I'm going to play that and that's going to be the first song that I play because it's 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 a, it's a song about turning 22 and I was like, you know what? There's a song for every every single sure. every single like age. I'll take that one. Sure, I'll man. take that one for 22. Um in regards to CBA and my student org, once again, I'm working for the student. What is it that UNLV lead business students don't have here, right? We have an amazing accounting department. We have an amazing finance department. We have an amazing marketing. We have amazing economics. We have an amazing lead business in total. But what we don't see, right, is the different fields of business, right? You might want to be a lead business student that wants to absolutely do nothing within the realms of hotel, accounting, or logics. And that's just within the Nevada business Mm -hmm. realm or real estate. And you really, really want to do wealth management or you really, really want to do investment banking or you really, really want to do consulting. Well, those are all the way in the East Coast. Mm. So then how do we break that shift? Right. There's like a small paradigm shift where all the East Coast students get to have everything in business and all the West Coast students get to have, you know, a small amount. Well, how do we break that? Well, you know, if we're not if they're not going to come to us, why don't we try to go to them? Why Mm. don't we try to approach them? And that's where I go from then mm. because it's working. You know, we had a survey and then once that survey was out, we asked the students like, hey, you know, what do you want to see? And a lot of people wanted to see wealth and consulting. So that that's what I have to do and my team and the board has to do to 
really bring that in for students and give them those opportunities. That's awesome. What would you say is kind of like a 30,000 foot view definition of leadership that you use uh, in the various areas of responsibility that you have? The be- the greatest word I can tell you right there is I believe everything is my fault. Hmm. And so I come in with the mindset that as long as it's in my it's my fault, I can still change it. Right? So when something is like uncontrollable or like a independent variable, I can't do anything about it. Versus mm. when it's a dependent variable, there has to be something with the independent that caused it to happen. So I view it as if it's my fault, I'll do any and everything to fix it. So I play the the game really of accountability. Awesome, man. Now, you mentioned earlier that you had an experience with a managerial style that you didn't appreciate. Yeah. Could you give it either an example or, or just, again, you could, it could be another 30,000 foot view. What does bad leadership look like to you? Bad leadership, bad leadership what, it like. what it looks like to me primarily is someone that comes in with individualism. Hmm. If you are trying to be a leader and you think it's all about you, then you are in the wrong realm and field. Wrong field. If you think it is all about you, play an individual sport, go to a field that is very individual focused. So sales. Sales is very individual focused. But if you tell me you want to be an accountant, you have to learn how to be a team player. And then leadership skill-wise, those are the greatest leaders. The people that understand we you have to sacrifice some things in order to have the great things. For me, which I understand real quick, CBA is only as good as you know CBA will be because I'm understanding what the market and the client wants. H&R Block, I'm understanding what my employees want. It is never it never comes down to what I want because the moment it comes if it comes down to what I want, it fails and that's that's where it failed for what i saw with that bad manager they believed in what they were saying was full on and they were understanding sometimes you have to take a look at different views awesome man so let's let's imagine that we're we're talking to a freshman uh, you know replace me with the <laughs> with a student yeah, I, although i am a student at UNLV, i guess you know if someone wants to be in the position that you're in right let's say either they they want to go into accounting and they want to reach a position of a manager uh, with H&R Block, or, or maybe they want to run for, for an RSO office or, you know, one day succeed you. What advice would you give them for these aspiring leaders? Uh, the greatest advice I can say is put everything on your shoulder and then realize that it's okay to fail. Um, what I mean by that is people are scared to fail. Mm-hmm. I failed m- many times. That's okay. That's okay. You have to fail sometimes in order to see progress. And the failure that I mean is not, I have, I went to poker and I tried my luck 50 times and I didn't get it. The failure I mean is you went to war and you lost 50 times, but each time you're getting better. Each time you're getting more skilled. So let's say a freshman student were to apply to a positional role, an internship, and they see an error somewhere. They fix that. They apply again. They see an error somewhere. They fix that. They apply again. And so it's consistency, 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 and understanding that you have to appreciate failure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, I really appreciate you coming in. Um, You got a lot of words of wisdom. Man, I, yeah, it's it's, like you said, I mean, that's great seeing you, dude. (laughs) Yeah. It's, man, listen, it's always great to see you, Mateo. I mean, you're always doing big, big, big things. Um, 
I'm, I'm i'm happy to see what's you know what's in store for you in your future i appreciate and hopefully that. If you if we see each other yeah uh if it's in new york probably then that's that's where you'll probably see me but if, if you see me maybe later in the future you know we can always grab coffee uh-huh. and you know just grab a bite and say you know catch up and see what's what's going on in life oh well, i'm gonna ask you the same question that i started off with man what are you doing day to day well dude thanks so much stay safe stay hydrated yeah. and uh we'll talk to you later all right we have Peter Matajek in the studio today. Peter is the lead engineer of RebelSat UNLV. It's a student organization here on campus. Uh, and they're going to be responsible for sending our state, the beautiful silver state, Nevada, uh, our first satellite into space by summer of 2024. I think that's a pretty cool title. Peter, how are you doing today? Howdy. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Staying hydrated. Yeah. All right, Peter. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you know, lead engineer for RebelSat, that's not a title that most students here on campus have. Uh, love for you to, to just to tell us briefly about what you do uh, as the leader engineer and what that kind of looks like day to day. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my official title is lead engineer, but my friends call me kind of like the CEO of the organization because <laughs> while there are obviously a bunch of technical responsibilities that go into you know managing a satellite program, um, there's also key factors that you need to be able to uh, work with as well, such as selling your organization to um, people who want to potentially put in money for you guys or um, other faculty folks who might want to chip in in terms of support, um, as well as continuously recruiting to, um, you know, maintain a workforce that is dedicated towards the development of the project in general. So. It's a lot of engineering. It's a lot of, um, you know, being good with talking to people. And sometimes it's even, you know, sitting down with the other engineers and getting the work done alongside them as well. Um, It's really cool. I try to um, put myself in the position of, you know, how would a, how an executive in the private industry do that sort of thing? I put myself in that mindset and I just kind of go about it like that. So that's great. It's fun. No, it seems like a lot of handholding too. Um, it, it, it can be. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely can be. Um, this is a school that doesn't really have a program that focuses on, you know, anything about spacecraft or rockets. So I don't really expect people to come in to mm-hmm. understand what's going on. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty flexible on that aspect. And uh, it's it's always good to be able to kind of communicate what's going on because while you teach the other people what's happening, you kind of... Uh, reinforce those topics within yourself and you, and thus you become a better uh, teacher in a sense as well. So definitely. That's great. How long have you been a uh, lead engineer? Um, so my journey has been kind of weird, to be honest with you. I, when I started at RebelSat, this was fall of 2020. Um, as a member, I eventually became the first manufacturing lead of the manufacturing subsystem, which was in charge of the design assembly manufacturing of the spacecraft. And then the name of that subsystem turned into structures, which was more accurate. Um, I was in that role for a couple of months and then I went into the lead role for about a year and two months before I decided that it might've been a little bit too much for me uh, with everything else going on in my life at the time. So I stepped back down to structures and then uh, as of, about a month ago, I stepped back up to project lead um, and lead engineer status uh, for this upcoming semester. So I've been involved for the past two and a half years almost now. Great. So over the last two and a half years, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of 
different types of leaders. I mean, yourself as a leader. Uh, what's a good definition of leadership? What, what, what does leadership mean to you? Um, to me, it means being able to hold accountability um, in other people as well as yourself. Um, as a leader, I think one of the most important elements of driving a successful business or a product or just an idea in general is being able to have a vision. And, you know, when it comes to engineering, things go wrong all the time. So, uh, you know, when you have somebody who's in a leadership title who can't necessarily say that they've made a mistake, I think is super detrimental versus somebody who is willing to take accountability within themselves and be able to say when they were wrong or when they messed up uh, in a challenge, but is also willing to kind of stand back up as a result of that and continue to push forward based on those learning experiences that they've gone through. Because I'm not going to be in charge of 500 people and, you know, lead everybody down the wrong path with me being conscious of that, but not being willing to, you know, communicate that and be like, hey, guys, I think we made a mistake somewhere going down this path. Let's back up for a second and try a different path instead, which would be the ideal way of going about it, which is how I try to go about things. So what's an example yeah. then? And it could be an experience that you had at uh-huh. Rebel Set or, or, you know, just your experience uh, being at UNLV. What would bad leadership then look like? Bad leadership? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. It could also be some things to avoid, right? So, you know, so I like to believe that there's no good leaders and bad leaders. I think right, people right. are better and, and worse on different days. So what are some pitfalls that folks can avoid then? Uh, you know, f- I- I'm not going to say any names, but just speaking from my past experiences of what I've seen with other people um, is that at at a age like the one that I'm in right now, like I'm 21 years old, for many people our age right now, this is a new experience for some, if not many, it's the first time that they've ever held a leadership title. And I've seen it get to their heads many times. And when it gets to your head, you all of a sudden typically forget like what what the purpose of actually leading the group is as opposed to is it more so serving yourself? Is it more so serving your resume, your ego, your image? Um, Those are the things that I see as common pitfalls for people our age and not even just people our age, people older who have more experience too. Um, And what tends to happen is the people who work for those folks will start to realize that, you know, they're kind of in it for themselves and not for the advancement of the business or the product or whatever it is that they're working on. And then the team that you're leading loses morale and they're not as willing to even get the work done anymore. And then all of a sudden you're in this position where not, not much, if anything is happening anymore. Um, Yes. (laughs) You know, being a leader can, can feel kind of, cool sometimes you get to talk to people that you never thought you would have been able to meet and stuff like that but at the same time you've got to remember like what the main point of you being in that position is you have to keep going towards that vision um and keep going at it until you get to that point in my case you know it's trying to get nevada into space uh with our first small spacecraft so no that's that's outstanding to me so obviously it seems like there are some opportunities then to make a lot of mistakes. And I don't just yes. mean, I don't mean from an engineer perspective. I'm sure that happens a lot. Sure. Uh, but 
what do you do um, when you're kind of struggling with either the ego aspect? I'm sure a lot of people look to you, and, and so a lot of people rely on you. Uh, so how do you kind of overcome some of those pitfalls that you just mentioned? Definitely. I mean, I'm – yeah, yeah. It's it's not easy sometimes, oftentimes, but, you know, I always remind myself what the important goal is at the end of the day is to, you know, bring a positive change to the community. And what I've noticed is the more people that you meet, the more people know who you are, Um and it's probably something that I'm setting myself up for just by being on this podcast right now <laughs> sure. is, uh, you know, you, you can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that I can think of that probably don't look at me in the, uh, the best light at all for whatever reason it may be. And I'm completely fine with that because, you know, I respect that they have their own emotions and their own takes are entitled to their own opinions. But at the end of the day, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to continue pursuing my goals whether people like it or not. And I think that's another uh, pitfall that I see a lot of people make is that they're too concerned about what other people think about them, right? When you when you ignore what you're working on and instead focus on what other people's opinions of you are, you try to tailor yourself towards the minds of all those other peoples, but there's so many other people, there's only one of you, you know? In my case, I ask myself, which side am I gonna take? Obviously, I'm gonna take my side. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it works out and it does you so much better mental health wise, too. You don't have to worry about whether someone likes you or not. I can just walk into a room feeling like, you know, I'm here to do the thing I came to do and I don't have to worry about anything else. And it's always going to be a good time, you know, um, trying really hard not to sound like like an egoist or something like that right now. But it is true. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's imagine then instead of me, you know, imagine that you're speaking to you know, freshman or, or sophomore sure. uh, here at, you know, here at UNLV, what advice would you give them if, if one day they want to do, you know, it doesn't have to be the exact same thing, but maybe they want to take up a position of responsibility in a technical role or a medical role. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's legal. But uh, what advice would you give them to, yeah. to not only avoid those pitfalls, and you just told us, you know, keep your head on straight and keep looking at the mission, but how do they push out the noise? What would you tell them? Yeah, I would, um, I would say embrace failure, number one. Number two, absolutely have a vision absolutely have a vision because so many people go into these leadership roles without a vision and they know that they're in a leadership title but they can't answer the question of where am I going to take this organization or group of people into the next six months into the next 12 months two years five years ten years and that 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 can be kind of concerning you know because if you're going to be leading people you need to essentially understand where you want to take them. What's the end goal? If you don't have an end goal, then what are you doing? Um, but, you know, if a, if a freshman was sitting across from me right now and not you, um, I would pretty much just say, you know, embrace failure. It's not going to be a perfect road. There are going to be instances where you run into things that, you know, you might not anticipate at first, and that's totally fine. Um, you're going to meet people that will love you. You're going to meet people that will not love you at all. Um, and that's completely fine. That's how life is. And it's going to take time to realize that that's kind of like a normal thing. And the more you encounter that, the more you'll recognize how much of a norm it is that it won't even phase you anymore. There will, there will come a point where it will not phase you anymore. And I think once you get to that point, you're, you're potentially unstoppable mentally. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, yeah. for anybody listening, I mean, Peter's the guy. Rebel Sat's one of the coolest organizations I've ever known of, and I'm just going to do a little plug for myself. I believe, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Peter. I think I was the first person in Rebel Sat history to buy their shirt, to buy the official Rebel Sat shirt. <laughs> that 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 is a recorded fact. Outstanding. As a matter of fact, love to hear it. <laughs> love to see it. Love to yes. wear it. So, folks, uh, thanks so much for listening, Peter. I want to appreciate you for coming on uh, coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Blingo. dude. And, uh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, man. I mean, stay hydrated. Have a great day, man. You too, bro. Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. If you want to find out more information about the folks we interviewed here today or just learn more, you're more than welcome to follow us at Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn at Leadership Lingo. You can also shoot me an email at mateo at leadershiplingo.show. That's M-A-T-E-O at leadershiplingo.show. We'll catch you next time. Stay safe, stay hydrated. Have a great day.